this is Dan Pink, and you're listening to Five Questions with Dan Shawbell. You're listening to the Five Questions podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Shawbell. In fewer than 10 minutes, my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is best-selling author and speaker, Dan Pink. Dan is the author of several books, including the New York Times bestsellers, When, Drive, To Sell as Human, and A Whole New Mind. His books have won multiple awards and have been translated into more than 40 languages. We discuss his latest book, The Power of Regret, How Looking Backwards Moves Us Forward during this podcast episode. Dan, welcome to Five Questions. Dan, thanks for having me on Five Questions. So just because a lot of people on this podcast might not have heard of you or read your books before, I'd like to kind of go a little bit earlier before your career as an author and writing all these popular, successful global hits. How did you transition from being a political speechwriter to being an author? Slowly and in a herky-jerky way. To make a very, very long story short, I had worked in politics for a while and became a political speechwriter, working for Vice President Al Gore for several years. And I finally decided that I didn't want to work in politics anymore. But I also noticed something else, that on the side, quote unquote, on the side, I was always writing. And this is going back all the way to college because I was just writing short stories on the side. I was writing magazine articles on the side. And in certain jobs in government, I wasn't even getting paid for them because it was like a violation of the ethics rules. And yet I was working on them at like midnight. And I didn't do it because it's like, oh, writing articles is my passion. It was just like, that's what I did. And so finally, it occurred more to my wife. It's like this thing that I was doing on the side should be this thing that I'm doing in the center. But it took me a reasonably long time. I mean, I didn't publish my first book until I was 37 years old. Dan, I think what <laughs> makes you interesting and how I relate to you a lot is the idea of free agent nation, the article you penned many, many years ago. And you were obviously a clear example of it. I was an example of it. I work for a big tech company, nights and weekends. I was writing. I also think that the other aspect of you that you're really good at is not just the writing, but it's understanding the trends and doing the research, doing basically the hard work that a lot of people probably don't want to do, especially when they have the full-time job. Your new book is on regret. I think a lot of people weren't expecting that topic after the past several. What new research did you uncover about having regrets that most surprised you? There were a number of surprises here in taking on this motion of regret. One is that everybody has regrets. It's not some kind of disability. It's not some kind of liability. Every single person has regrets. Regrets make us human. Truly, the only people without regrets are five-year-olds and people with brain damage and sociopaths. The rest of us have regrets. And there's a rich body of science telling us that if we process our regrets properly, if we confront them, we can actually get all kinds of improvement personally and professionally. I guess that's the meta surprise of all of it. See, I live in this whole live life without regrets philosophy too. That's what most surprised me. This is just the mentality, Dan. And you probably talk to a lot of people who also have thought this way and had this mindset. It's like, oh, why would I want to think about all these regrets? I need to push forward. I need to free myself from those regrets because I can't go back in time. Me saying that, and yeah. based on your research and experience, why do you suggest that we should live life with regrets? Because looking backward is a way to move forward. You say we should always be moving forward. I actually generally agree with that, that, that we want to move forward, that we want to make progress, that we want to learn and grow. And what we've forgotten is that one of the best ways to do that is to look back and learn from our regrets. It's how we deal with our regrets that is actually really important. So we can have this philosophy saying, I just ignore my regrets. I never look backward. That is not functional. You're going to miss opportunities 
opportunities if you do that. So if we say that regrets are for ignoring, we lead to delusion. It's actually harder to move forward that way. Now, there's another thing that you can do is that we can say, oh, regrets are for wallowing, right? We're just going to bathe and luxuriate in these regrets and this negative emotion. That's terrible too. That leads to despair. What we want to do is we want to use our regrets as signals. We want to look backward and say, what is this regret telling me? And how can I apply that lesson going forward? And when we do that, we're better able to move forward. So what I'm trying to do in this book is reclaim regret. One of the things that's so interesting, Dan, is that it's unavoidable. Our cognitive machinery is pre-programmed for regret. Not having regrets is a sign of a grave problem. And there's some really good evidence that if we deal with them in a systematic way, we move forward more adroitly and with a greater sense of meaning. One of the other ways I think about the past is at that point in time and who I was when I was, let's say, 18, I empathize with my 18-year-old self. All decisions are made for a reason and not are not random. So I understand why that version of myself or the younger version of myself made that decision. And I'm not mad at him per se, if that makes sense. That makes so much sense. <laughs> and it's so consistent with what the science tells us about how to deal with these regrets. Here's the thing. The first step in dealing with many kinds of regrets is not to kind of pump yourself up with self-esteem and say, oh, I'm awesome anyway. But it's also not to do the opposite of what you were just suggesting, Dan, and saying, oh, you freaking idiot, what the hell is wrong? You know, the best move is exactly what you're describing here, which is self-compassion. Making mistakes, screw-ups and things are part of the human experience. Treat yourself with some kindness. Once you do that, it turns out that there are huge benefits in actually disclosing our regrets. When we disclose our regrets, we relieve the burden of them. When we talk about our regrets or even write about our regrets, we take this kind of blobby negative feeling and can convert it into more concrete, less menacing words that makes it hurt less and actually begins the sense-making process. And then if we look at our regrets and say, what did I learn from this? And how am I gonna apply this lesson going forward? We have all kinds of evidence saying that it can make us better negotiators. It can make us better problem solvers. It can make us better strategists. Uh, it can actually make us better parents. It can help bring meaning to our lives. And so what I'm trying to do here is reclaim this emotion and say, let's deal with it properly rather than put our heads in the sand because it is in some ways, I think it's our most misunderstood emotion, but I also think it's our most transformative emotion. Is there anything in your research that shows the longer you wait to understand these signals of regret, the worse it is for you? As in the sooner That's you take a hold of the regret, the more likely you are to move forward in a positive way? That's interesting. That's an interesting question. I'm actually not sure. One of the things that you see is that regrets of inaction outnumber regrets of action. So we regret more what we didn't do than what we did do. And that's partly because certain regrets of action we can do something about. But what you see in terms of age is that around age 20, we typically have equal numbers of action and inaction regrets. And then as we get older, inaction regrets predominate. So what really seems to stick with us over the long term are what we didn't do. There are four big underlying categories of regret. Around the world, people regret the same four things over and over again. But one of those four things are what I call boldness regrets, where you're at a juncture. You can play it safe or you can take the chance. And overwhelmingly, people regret 
playing it safe. And it doesn't even matter the realm of life. It could be careers, it could be romance, it could be something like travel. One of the core regrets that, that human beings seem to have is playing it too safe. I think that people waste way too much time thinking if they should do it when action is always the answer because what's the worst that can happen? I think that's the other mentality. You know, Don't waste so much time thinking and just start doing. And what's your best piece of career advice? For my best piece of career advice, I'm going to build on what you just said, because I, I agree that completely. I agree with that so deeply. And it's something that I didn't learn well enough myself. Flip the process. We tend to think you have to figure out what you want to do and then do it. And my view is that the way the careers really work is the reverse. By doing things, you figure out what to do. So what we want, and you see this at the organizational level too, where organizations do this huge strategic plan thinking that that's going to guide them forever. And then it goes on a shelf somewhere and no one ever looks at it again. And what you really want to do is do stuff and try stuff. That's how you discover your plan. A little less planning, a little more doing, and you will find your way. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Dan. To follow his journey, you can read The Power of Regret and find him on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter, where he shares his latest insights, what he's reading, and advice. To watch the full extended video version of this episode, go to youtube.com slash Dan and please remember to rate and review the 5 Questions podcast on iTunes. <laughs>